Let's do it. Here we go. All right, here we go. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, everyone. I um, hope you guys have, have been having a great day, a great week. Um, we've been out for a little bit, but we're back. Um, uh, we're here to, you know, just kind of keep every, everyone informed, keep everybody up to date, talk about some stuff, and then just kind of go from there. Again, my name is Howard Sapp with Now You Know, and then we're here to push, you know, you guys into the future with the uh, the Democratic Party trying to get us to um, locally and um, via the state. And, and some of the things that we talk about are national issues we really want to bring forward and make sure that we, um, you know, push out some good information and make sure that you guys have information that you need to be great informed citizens, especially when you get to the polls. Um, I do have with me today my, 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 my cohort, my you know, my person in crime, you know, Dr. Cindy Banyer, you know, give her a shout out, Dr. Cindy Banyer. Hey. How's it going? Yes, it's yes. hot in Florida. We got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Kids are back in school. Yes. It's been keeping me busy for sure. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. And that's 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 something um, that I know the kids themselves aren't necessarily. Well, well some kids, it, it's they've said it and I've asked around, you know, are you you know happy to be back in school? Glad to be back in school. And some say yes. Yeah, some say no. So I guess it really just depends on the kid. You know, I don't, I don't know. How, how, how do your kids take it? Well, my youngest is in going into first grade and she's just, she's all excited. My son's in going into fifth grade, less excited. <laughs> and uh, my daughter, who's in eighth grade, going into eighth grade this year, mm -hmm. is like, okay, but she's very excited about her band classes. So that's nice. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's something to be excited about the band classes. Yeah. So what, what instrument does she play? She actually plays two. She plays oboe and saxophone. Oh, wow. She plays the saxophone. Yeah, the and saxophone. she's in the jazz band this year. Wow, you played, played the saxophone? Yes, the tenor sax. That was, that was my thing. That was my thing. So Nice. Yes. So that's great. Great, great. So, you know, tell her I said, you know, go and, you know, do her thing. You know, go there, you know. <laughs> You know, that saxophone player. That is good. Yeah, that's, that's what she good. she wants to like she's all about getting into the jazz band and like mm -hmm. playing that sax and you know, having yeah. some <laughs> some pizzazz, I guess. That, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, because I you know, I played in I did the same thing. I played in the jazz band. Um, you know, and, and especially when I played I started the saxophone like when I was like sixth or seventh grade or something like that. And then I, you know, just played it all the way up, actually all the way up through, through college. I played a little bit in college. So it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I, I definitely enjoyed that. So I hope that she definitely gets, uh, gets some good so important for our kids too, right? The music opens up like the, you know, the emotional part of your brain, but also mm -hmm. the mathematic part of your brain. And that is very true. You know, it's been a tragedy over the last, you know, decades, I guess, at this mm -hmm. point where they've been rolling back funding for these enrichments, you know, saying, oh, kids got to focus on testing and blah, blah, blah. But, mm -hmm. you know, I really think that it's robbed, unfortunately, a lot of kids of the opportunity of bringing joy mm -hmm. into the school day. No, I, I agree, you know, because it's, you know, we always, you know, talk about, you know, kids and how sometimes, you know, parents, you know, and sometimes the school system, but, you know, in society, you know, really, you know, pushes the kids and stress them out, you know, as far as education, you know, you, you got to get this, you got to do well here, you got to, you know, you know, prepare for your ACT, prepare for your SAT, you know, and get yourself here, this, you know, this grade, you need that grade, you need to take honors classes, you need to AP here and all, and, and 
they just keep throwing these things out at kids and, you know, have to understand that not all kids learn the same, you know, and not all kids are the same, you know, so, and, and even with, you know, the, the colleges and things like that, not every kid is suited for a college. I mean, which, I mean, it's okay, you know, but there are other avenues and options, you know, military trade schools, so many other things that kids can um, do. But, you know, like you say, I think that, you know, giving a kid at least an outlet, you know, when they're in school, because they, they're, they're stressed enough, you know, school right. isn't the same as it, you know, was when we were there, you know, it is right. totally, totally different, you know, from then till now. So it's, um, you definitely need that outlet, you know, so I'm just excited that uh, she, she's having that opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and I've already given the the pep talk, and I know that this is some of the stuff that you wanted to talk about today too. Oh, getting yes. into the education yes. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk you about know. education. <laughs> but you know, ask you real quick. So, so with the school starting and everything, and we know that, and, and I'm sure that it is a, 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 a not just a local thing here, but statewide and probably national yeah. thing. You know, we have the the teacher shortage you know and have so many going into school with the teacher shortage and even now with the uh, buses and them taking i guess the ability for some uh, bus drivers or some busing or some um, other things that they've you they used to do with the buses as far as taking kids to after school programs, but now because mm -hmm. they have those shortages, uh, the bus shortages or driver shortages, they're stopping the bus drivers from taking kids to after school programs because yep. I guess timing wise, they have to be able to at least get back to the next school or yep. whatever. Well, what what are your thoughts on that? Because um, I mean that that's that affects you know not just the schools but even those businesses. Absolutely, yeah, I know that we were looking at the after school programming for my kids and there was actually, there was confusion. <laughs> like there was like, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Each teacher had a different piece of information. They're like, well, we don't know if it's that the buses can't come here or the buses can't go there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great. You know, <laughs> and um, it, it, luckily we were able to sort it out amongst ourselves, but the, the morning buses, I think, is mm -hmm. also a huge problem. Um, you know, really? kids are getting left at school. My, my daughter, my oldest daughter, was late to, like, the second day of school, first or second day of school, by about a good half an hour because oh, no. that bus was running, like, multiple routes, right? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I know that there's, you know, when they're at their dad's house, that bus stop, it, the bus doesn't even come. <laughs> most of the time what? so it's not even reliable yeah oh my goodness so wow. it's it's terrible it's terrible um that we have to to deal with this i mean i know there's listen there's so many reasons why we have all these problems because actually true. the transportation and the busing budget in this school district is so high because mm -hmm. they chose busing as an option to comply with federal desegregation policy mm -hmm when yes. they finally desegregated in 1995, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. <laughs> they were under federal oversight for this until 2005, and it's still been around because mm -hmm. that way that the kids that were living in various areas had opportunities to go to schools that may have been better suited for those students. And mm -hmm. we, there, weren't, there was an incentive just to continuously underfund schools that were in neighborhoods where the population was lower income. Exactly. Um, so... Unfortunately, we're we're left with this legacy because of bad 
policy <laughs> from a long time ago, frankly. Yes, so, um, and uh, but now it's really coming to a head because we don't have the 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 qualified population to fill those roles. And frankly, it's it's a tough job, and the mm -hmm. hours are horrible. Oh, it is. Um, and it's like a split shift too. I actually did a diabetes prevention program with bus drivers several years ago. It was oh, really good. funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I used okay. to go and like help and coach them on healthy eating. I mean, but these folks mm -hmm. are, you know, they're getting up at three, four in the morning to get in there. Yep. Right. To get out the door. And then they're like the whole middle of the day, they're they're right. off, right? And then right. it's like back to work in the evening. It's it's a tough job um to to get people to fill, you know let alone just yeah. the driving. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly. You know, you're just in traffic and everything and you got, you know, kids yelling and screaming behind you and stuff right. like that. Like you say, it, it definitely is something that that's a challenge and can definitely bring a lot of stress. But, you know, you, you, you look at, like you say, you know, you have these uh, the, the drivers, you know, um, that are now, like say you say, they're, they're getting up at three, four o'clock in the morning so that they can get down to the bus bar and get the bus, you know, get themselves prepped, you know, go out and start getting their first, you know, set of kids. And then mm -hmm. like say, probably between 10-ish, 10.30 or something like that, they have a, between 10.30 and maybe two or no, actually 10.30 and one, you know, because mm -hmm. I think high schools here get out at about 1.45, something like that. Um, you know, so they have to get right back. Them a little bit. It, it, it's crazy, you know, but then, like you say, as far as the, you know, the policy that, that has happened, um, you know, for some time ago, but we're still dealing with it, you know, makes, you know, it makes it challenging. And then you look at, and it's with the bus drivers, but not just bus drivers only, but we were going to talk about even as far as the teachers and the teacher shortage and why there's a teacher okay. shortage and, you know, you know, some possible things that we can do with a teacher because we have, you know, our current um, uh, current government, you know, that's, you know, saying, well, you know, we, I've done, you know, so, regime. you know, yeah, I've done so, you know, so much and we're number one here and we're number one there. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's like, really, you know, how can you boast about, you know, a, um, an educational system, you know, that as, I mean, and it, and it's really, I'm not going to say it's in such disarray, you know, but you're trying to paint a picture that's not really the picture that's, that is to be painted. Um, you know, be, be honest, you know, because if you look at how many teachers did you have last year and how many teachers do you have now, how many are losing and just even with the teachers themselves and the bus drivers, you know, you know, have you done a survey with them and ask them, you know, how they feel, I would get, I would venture to say majority of them are not, not happy with the current system that we have and yeah. the current um, leadership that we have as far as, of course, you know, you know, you know, ed educational um, directors and even with our governor, you know, mm -hmm. they're not, they're not happy with that, you know, so, but he's boasting, you know, what he's done. And then you, we look at, you know, the stats and the, the numbers are the numbers. I mean, you yeah. can say what you want to say, the numbers are the numbers, you know, I gave a big raise, you know, to our teachers, this, that, and the other thing, you know, um, I don't know, dude, because you gave it to, even if, even if you want to get into that, you gave a raise possibly to incoming teachers. Right. But and not the existing ones, not the existing. <laughs> which, by the way, causes no happy feelings <laughs> with the staff, right? No, not at all. It's like, you know, you want to do this and you say you give this and but you're not taking care of the teachers that are here or right. that have been in the system for a number of years. And 
you know, you want to boast about, you know, how good it is here in Florida. And if it's so good, then why are we losing, you know, teachers at an alarming rate? You know, when. I mean, we are in the bottom of teacher pay yes. in the country, like overall, like we it's it's terrible. Um, and, and I'll throw the higher ed in there because I know that for a fact, like we we don't pay higher ed well, we don't pay K to 12 teachers well, and they're constantly under threat at this point, mm -hmm. too. So people who may have been interested in teaching because it's great to work with kids and it's their passion mm -hmm. are dissuaded from being part of the system because they don't want to deal with the scrutiny. They don't want to deal with the book bans. They don't want mm -hmm. to deal with these crazy laws and regulations that are put in that are punitive to teachers and harmful to yes. students. I totally, I totally agree. And, and, and that's one of the biggest things that, um, that I've, that I've, I guess when, when I came back to, to Florida, you know, after leaving Virginia, I came in and I did teach in the system for, I was a substitute teacher for about a half a year. Then, I, you know, a teacher went out and I was a full-time teacher, you know, for about a year. And, you know, I, I, I saw some things that I understood why the teachers are so frustrated, you know, and sometimes you look at how a teacher is being treated, you know, the, the authority that they have as far as the kids are concerned, what they can actually do, the things they're restricted to do, um, and then the support that they get from administration, you know, it, mm -hmm. it really makes them like, why am I doing this? Right. You know, why, why, why am I putting myself through all of this headache? And I hats off to the teachers for those that love that craft, that love yeah. doing what they do. And, and I give them all the props because you really have to be in love with that to put up with a lot of the stuff that you put up with and not just from the kids. But I'm talking about from the other side of the, of the other, the other side of the um, sidewalk right. where you got to deal with the administration. You got to deal with, you know, the, the parents, you have to deal with all of these things, but then you don't have the support, you know, that they yeah. feel when, and, and, and that's, that's a bad thing. And that's, I don't think if we, if we don't address those particular issues and do things any better, it's, we're always going to have this particular issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. And, you know, you throw on top of that, our lack of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, yeah. you can't have a household on a teacher's salary no. right now, no. especially no. if you got your own kids and a car and a house, uh, mm -hmm. rents are through the roof, housing prices are through the roof. So we're not really going to be attracting any folks coming in here. No. Um, and this is, this is a problem. And unfortunately, it is our kids that pay and it is overcrowded classrooms. And we're losing out on folks who may be looking to move here, right? Younger people looking to establish themselves. There's really just no place to live. No, it, it, that, that is so true. Um, because I was looking at, just say, just say, if you just did and, you know, just kind of averaged, you know, the, the amount of what rent is 2000, just say $2,000 for maybe a one or two bedroom. Yeah, place. Well over $2,000 know, for a So you're looking at, you know, a teacher's salary. So you know, you're talking about having to pay, like you said, that, and then, you know, deal with, you know, all of the other stuff that you have to deal with as far as your, your household expenses and everything they can. And, and just about every, at least from what I have seen, and just say if I if if we if I saw 
five or six developments that were being developed today, at least three to four of them were saying they're a luxury, quote unquote, luxury apartment complex. So when they put that little that little stipulation, oh. luxury, oh, that, you know, the price is automatically going up. You know, so now you deal with that. And how do you deal with it? In it? And I still don't understand why they haven't, which um, they do with a lot of the first responders, the, you know, police officers, sheriffs, when they go to an apartment or whatever, they give them at least some type of financial break in some kind of way. Hmm. Why they don't do that for the teachers? You know, I, yeah. I know. Well, clue. there was a subsidy that got passed through the Florida legislature this year. I actually think it was last year mm-hmm. that helped um, subsidize home ownership for teachers in the state of Florida. I know folks who took advantage of that. So that was good. But unfortunately, I mean, you know, we're looking at extremely small amounts of housing stocks available here because we're still burdened by Hurricane Ian. We lost 12,000 properties during that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and on top of that, so it's going, it's very expensive because mm-hmm. all the prices, we're we're the number one overpriced housing market in the country right now. Oh, yes, yes. I'm, yes, it's crazy. You know, but just like you said, though, you know, that subsidy was to home ownership. And right now, right. places or developers aren't necessarily, I mean, you have some homes that they're going to build. But again, you get back into that extremely overpriced home when the developer right. even does an apartment. And they do the the apartments. Those are still so expensive that it's difficult for them to get in. But that subsidy does not relay itself or allow itself to go to a renting situation. And that's yeah. what most of the like. If you're a first time teacher or you know someone coming in fresh out of school or something like that, trying to get your foot established, you know, as you know, in the educational system, nine times out of ten, you're not going to be buying a home. You're going to be renting somewhere. You know, so is there anything, is there anything or any type of um, advantage or help or an assistance that I could get from renting an apartment? Okay, you're a teacher, understanding that situation, you know, and you're coming into our system, our county. We want to help you out. We want to encourage you to be the best because you're the one that's going to be teaching our kids. You know, so we want you to feel comfortable and at least relieve some of the stress that you're going to have to go through, you know, in during this period of time. So, you know, the home ownership is fine. But now with the interest rates and everything that the way that they're going up, who can buy, you know, okay, so you, you, you. Well, and listen, teachers aren't going to qualify. Let's just put it this way. They're not going to qualify because the starting, you know, the rate right now is like about $43,000, $45,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And even with our two-bedroom rental price average right now, you're mm-hmm. talking about teachers are going to be spending almost 50% of their monthly income, which exactly. means they're what's called rent burdened, okay? If yeah. you're spending more than 30% of your income on mm-hmm. on housing, housing yes. it's, it's a burden. That's mm-hmm. unsustainable. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's the thing. So just like you said, if they're going to, and, and that's what the bank's going to be looking at, like you said, when yeah. I push, you know, that 40, you know, I'm going to make $45,000, you know, um, well, you know, well, you're not going to qualify for a $400,000 house. I'll exactly. tell you that. Exactly. And that's generally where, you know, where they're going to be. And you, you kind of go from there. So it's, it's something that I feel as though, you know, our legislation can certainly do a lot more than they're doing you know, right. to help that particular situation. I'm not saying that even if you can't give 
you know, I know it'll be difficult to give everybody a $10,000 raise. You know, I understand that, you know, but there are ways that you can um, subsidize and, and aid and help and assist them in that particular situation. What I was going to say is what folks should do is plan on coming to the upcoming resiliently task force workshops mm -hmm. that are the community input on the plan that has been designed for the $1.1 billion from the federal government for the Hurricane Ian recovery. So I, mm -hmm. there are several through this week and into next week. I know that in Fort Myers, there is the April or August 23rd. Right, August 23rd, at, yes. At the right. Stars mm -hmm. Complex. Yes. I believe, is it six o'clock start? I, uh, I think it is six o'clock. August 23rd, I think it is six o'clock. We'll make sure that that information is in here. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, but, and I did um, see that. And, 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 and you can follow us on, um, you know, on social media, you know, and yep. I think we, we've pushed that out, you know, a few times. So definitely if you guys can, you know, show your face in the place, definitely be there and get that information. But there's, there's a huge housing component to that. 70% of which has to go to low and middle income families. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that we need to emphasize this workforce housing component. So yes, we need housing that's available and affordable for folks who are struggling, for our senior citizens, for our folks with disabilities, right? For our single moms, who's like mm -hmm. the largest demographic of folks in poverty in our region, in any region, um, but also the, the lack of affordability that there is for that workforce housing and make sure that that is part of their plan. Right. And we'll also include in the, the show notes here, the link to the online participation. So if you cannot make one of the in-person meetings, you can review the plan and submit your, your comments online. Yes, and then that that would be great for you to do. So we certainly want to uh, everyone to kind of keep yourself abreast as far as what's going on. You know, I still haven't heard back from a couple of the county commissioners. You know, that I've reached out to them and asked for a meeting because before they came up with their plan, you know, I was asking them. You know, first, you know, how did you set up? You know, the the persons that were that were on the task force or the branches. Um, how did you set those things up? Who was selected? How were they selected? Um, and then, you know, of course, I you know talked to one of the county commissioners, Kevin uh, Ruin, talked to him shortly. And yeah, you know, call the office, let's set up a meeting. We'll do this. I haven't heard back from him and it's been about a month oh. or so. And now they've come up with a plan, you know, and I mm -hmm. guarantee you that that plan um, is not necessarily- the developers on the task force? <laughs> it, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that plan is not, does not have, you know, a certain group of people in mind. And, um, that's one thing that we have to make sure that we hold their feet to the fire. And, and I want to make sure that even with that, we, again, reach out to, you know, everyone, our churches, you know, our organizations um, that are, that's out there that, you know, and, and, it, and it's not a, um, I don't want to say just, you know, it's not a, a, a for the area that we're in, in Dunbar, it's not a Dunbar thing, but it, it's a Fort Myers thing. So it makes no difference of, you know, where you are. We want to make sure, and we want to make sure um, with, with, you know, no uncertain terms that accountability is held and, and accountability is maintained. And that's one of the biggest things that I feel that we don't have here a lot of times, and in, in, especially in Lee County and in the state of Florida, that accountability mm -hmm. is not maintained. And we have to make sure that we hold the people's feet to the fire that are making decisions and making decisions that's going to better the city, the county, the state itself. So we want to make sure that everybody stay yeah. informed. People, not just the businesses. Right. It's, it's not just the businesses. Definitely. And so we want to make sure that you guys get that information and um, please, please, please let your voice be heard. 
because if you don't claim the money and, and one of the things that I'm sure that they're going to do is even with the workshops, because even though they have the money, they, there's still a process by which people have to go to ask for fill out forms to apply for the dollars. Make sure that you understand the process. You know, it, it can be I'm not sure how it's going to be. It's a, a separate company that's going to be coming up with the process. But I'm sure it's it's I know people get uh, upset because of all of the FEMA stuff that they've had to go through. And it's the red tape and that type thing. But let's make sure that we bombard them with those that need the help. Make sure you get the help and get the assistance and don't let those dollars go to waste. Because trust and believe if you don't ask for them. They're going to use them somewhere else. They're going to go to somebody's friend. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is- good. so that's that's what's going on uh, with the schools and with the housing here. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's another big issue that you wanted to talk about here. Yes, and definitely. And, and, big and I know most people, yeah, I know most people have, uh, have heard, you know, about, you know, this particular piece with um, uh, State Attorney um, Monique uh, Worrell, you know, when, the, of course, the governor you know, the governor, you know, he uh, suspended her because he, and, 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 and it's funny because he basically talks out of both sides of his mouth, you know, for, for real, you know, because he wants to accuse her of doing things that, that he's doing, you know, which, which is crazy because one of the statements that I, that I've heard, and I think I've written it down somewhere. Let me see where, where, where can I find it? Yeah. He said that one of the reasons that he um, suspended her was because, you know, one should not allow their political agenda to trump their solemn duty. You know, so your political agenda is not supposed to get in front of the things that, you know, you've been elected to do. Fascinating. So let's 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 clarify for everybody in case they haven't heard about this. So Monique Worrell is a state attorney here in Central Florida. She was elected to her position mm-hmm. and she had made some comments about maybe not complying with certain sentencing mandates or not taking certain types of cases. However, from what I understand, there's not been any evidence that have been provided that she That's had true. done that. That's this true. was related to statements and positions that she had said related to how she was going to conduct herself as a prosecutor. Right. right. Um, right. In fact, this is could be determined, could be a case of prosecu- prosecutorial mm-hmm. um a, de- a discernment. Now the words uh, uh, missing uh, missing from me, but um, okay. uh, but they uh, prosecutors are allowed to determine which cases they take based right. on what they think is important for their community, what they think they can win on, um, and so forth. Right mm-hmm. and. Uh, discretion. That's the word. That's the D word that was on the top of my thumb. Prosecutorial discretion. discretion. And it's actually protected uh, activity. The Supreme Court mm-hmm. determined that you cannot not have prosecutorial discretion, right? That, that mm-hmm. it's such a complex situation that no matter what, the prosecutor is going to be making a decision on right. what themselves and their team is ultimately prosecuting, right? Sure. So you mm-hmm. can't say, Oh, you're 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 picking and choosing because they're always picking and choosing. Oh, exactly. Right? The fact of the matter is, is that there no state attorney's office has an unlimited budget and the ability to 
prosecute every single Everybody. thing mm-hmm. every, that every comes case. across. Right. They have to determine whether or not it's a sound case, whether or not there's evidence, whether or not they think they're going to win. Is it really mm-hmm. worthwhile, right? How is exactly. this going to look, you know? Right. Um, and they make lots of different kinds of uh, discretion, right? Mm-hmm. I, I gave an example when we talked about this on the a Democrat versus a Republican mm-hmm. walking to a bar with mm-hmm. Sean Hartman. It's another podcast here on Big Mouth Media, okay? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this. I said, look, I had actually confronted our state attorney here, who's uh, Amira Fox. She's elected. Mm-hmm. She's a Republican. These are partisan positions, which is important to remember as well, yes, okay? Yes, exactly. Um, I had confronted her years ago because um, I had my early work in public work here in Southwest Florida was on bicycle pedestrian safety advocacy. Mm -hmm. So I had been and my community of advocates had been frustrated for a very long time that the state attorney's office simply chose not to prosecute people who hit bicyclists and pedestrians. And that's because those are hard cases to win <laughs> okay mm-hmm. like if you have right. a car versus a person there's not a lot of evidence of what really happened and the, mm-hmm. if the driver goes i didn't do it mm-hmm. you don't have a heck of a lot more to go on yeah. you have to take he said, she say stuff you know my my word against their word and yeah or mm-hmm. it's your word versus a corpse, like and, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do? Mm-hmm. And the bodies are maimed. You can't really get any evidence on it. So anyway, so it's it's and it's not just this. Like this is a common thing across the United States. But mm-hmm. so you have to have a certain amount of will to want to prosecute these cases and take the risk. But so I had criticized her for not for using her prosecutorial discretion to not go after people who hit. Uh, while driving people Mm -hmm. who are walking. Um, And so that's, but that's an example. Like she can't be thrown out for that. She can't be sued for that. That is how she chose to run her state attorney office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's, 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 it just just amazes me. And, and, you know, they want to say that, you know, of course she was, you know, um, neglecting, uh, neglecting her duty, you know, as a, as a state attorney, you know, to prosecute and, Mm -hmm. Uh, the way that they were, you know, putting it to um, not, I guess, not charge, you know, the maximum as far as whatever crime it was, um, especially with the gun laws, I think is one of the ones right. that they were talking about not to charge, you know, as, uh, you know, an astringent um, sentence as she could have with, with a lot of things. So they really wasn't looking at that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, well, here's, here's a, a governor that you're getting upset, you know, at a person that wants to at least work through a system that the judicial system that, of course, we know a lot of times it's not, um, you know, fair and equitable, you know, across, it's not fair and equitable across the board. Uh, but then you as a governor want to make carrying a firearm legal without much in the way of any type of, um, you know, checks and balances. But then when something happens, all of a sudden you want to say that this person is not doing something they should do based on, I mean, whatever, like you say, not a lot of evidence that you have, not a lot of um, proof that you have, but just because things aren't going the way that you want them to go and you thinking that she should be doing things the way that you want it to be done, you're not doing it my way. So, you know, that, that sounds like somebody else, you don't do it my way. So I got to fire you, you know? So yeah, it's, uh, I'm just saying it, it sounds very similar to, 
Well, it's very authoritarian. And this is the second time that he has done this with the state attorney. This was the same Mm -hmm. case as Andrew Warren. Mm -hmm. Um, These were people who were elected in their jurisdictions. And we now we have the governor uh, taking them out of those positions. And there were Mm -hmm. also several school board members in Broward County that had this happen to them as well. So it's quite clear that the governor, Ron DeSantis, is targeting elected Democrats and he's oh, yeah. removing them. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem. This is authoritarian. Republican, Republican um, clones, basically, right. um, you know, so that, you know, they can do whatever. But one of the things I do like about what um, uh, State Attorney Warren said, you know, and, and she made a statement because she did say that, look, I'm going to fight this. I'm not, you know, of course, taking this sitting down, but she okay. said, she made a statement. She said, you know, you know, I am your, duly elected state attorney, you know, and, and I have not done anything wrong, you know, say, but um, I'm not going to be, how does she say, I'm not going to be threatened by a weak dictator, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I'm like, hey, let do your thing, you know, speak right. your mind, but certainly speak up for yourself um, and then go from there. I, I, I certainly, certainly hats off to her um, for doing and making sure, you know, that she don't sit down and, and just accept you know, this, because she knows the job that she's been doing. But of course, it, it, it amazes me how, you know, um, Ron DeSantis wants to say, you know, that she should not be looking at, you know, things or this should not be a po- politically motivated activity as far as her and her duty. But when everything that he basically does is politically motivated, you know, from, from I mean, This whole state, the way that we are acting in this state now, all this crazy, that anti-woke and the blah, blah, blah. This is all part of Ron DeSantis's plan to get notoriety for his presidential run. Like, if there's anybody that should be not talking about acting in a political way, it's Ron DeSantis. My point exactly. You know, dude, I mean, you are... How can you come out of your mouth with saying that something shouldn't be politically motivated when everything that you do is basically politically motivated? So well, that- it sure isn't yeah. rationally loaded, uh, motivated. <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You know, but it's um, but certainly want to um, you know, support um, you know, State Attorney World and you know, and and her fight and her moving forward with the things that she's doing, and we certainly um, you know, wish her well and and can you know, keep up the fight you know, and, and we're going to do, um, you know, what we have, but we want to make sure also, we're not going to be on here much longer, but um, uh, they are doing a, you know, uh, uh, take Florida back tour, you know, with uh, Nikki Freed that's coming up, you know, so she'll Florida be here. Democratic on, Party. Yeah, for the Democratic Party. She'll be here on August 24th, around four o'clock. And we're um, at the present time, she's going to be at um, uh, the Bistro, uh, that Southern Charm Bistro. Yes, yeah, Southern Charm Bistro. It's it's going to be at four o'clock. You know, we're trying to see. We're not sure what the format is going to be. They do have, I think, a a sign up. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw the sign we'll up. Put the contact information in the show notes. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. So we want to make sure that um, if you guys are available to come out at the uh, Southern Charm Bistro, you know, at four o'clock on August 24th, just to come and talk to Nikki Freed. And then actually, I'm going to go ahead and and, and say that uh, on that particular day, also, you know, I'll be kicking off my uh, campaign, my 20 uh, 24 campaign for. Uh, House Rep uh, District 78, you know, so if you guys are able to come out, certainly come out. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's chew it up a little bit. Uh, you know, have, you know, a, little, a few drinks, you know, and some 
hors d'oeuvres will uh, look to just be there with you just to fellowship and have funship and then just kind of go from there but it's still all about serious business because we have to make sure that we get ready for you know uh, taking care of business the way that we need to take care of business so again if you guys are open on the 24th on the 24th here we go we're going to get ready to start um, doing what we need to do for the campaign uh, to take back Florida you know and then go from there so uh, we want to make sure that you guys have that information so again Nikki Freed at the Southern Charm Bistro August 24th at 4 o'clock and then Howard Tapper is kicking off his uh, state house run for uh, 2024. You know the same same location at six o'clock. You guys are welcome to come. Uh, we greatly uh, appreciate you being there and for your support. And it is a fundraiser. So I just want you guys to know it is a fundraiser. We will have um, information there of how you can donate to the campaign, and every dollar will be spent. Well, every dollar will be. Um, Again, you know, there so that we can make sure that we push the campaign forward and we make a great, great showing on this year. We're able to do it. We can win and we're going to win. And I'm looking forward to that. So, again, um, August 24th, be there. You know, definitely show your face in the place. That's right. Thanks for reminding us of that, Howard. And thanks for the amazing show today, covering some really important things, back to school and the continuous authoritarian slide here in the state of Florida. We appreciate your support here at Now You Know with Howard Sapp. And I've been Mm -hmm. your co-host today, Dr. Cindy Banier. This is produced, thank you so much, by Big Mouth Media. And if you enjoyed this, we sure would love to have your support there. You can get a subscription to this show for $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year, and you help keep Howard and I in business. And if you enjoyed this and all of our other programs, you can get all of them emailed directly to you with a subscription. You get the everything subscription for $19.99 a month, and you can get all that information on BigMouthMediaFL.com. Thanks for joining us here, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.